Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Going to get started, all right? Going to get started. Hopefully you can track with me and see everything. But back in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, Jesus said the whole Old Testament was written to point to him, to point to him. So it all pointed to him. And even the prophets, Ezekiel was a great prophet, but he said, I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit within you. I'll take away the heart of stone and I'll put in a heart of flesh. I'll give you that heart of flesh. And then I will put my, so he's going to give you a new spirit, going to make you all new, going to cleanse you from all your iniquity and all sin. But then it says the object here is what I want to achieve. I want to put my spirit within you. That's what the prophets were. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they were, they were prophesying. There's coming a day when God is going to get intimate with man again, when God is going to take up that rightful dwelling place. God is going to abide inside man. It's going to be so good. So they're prophesying about it. Now, Ezekiel was a great prophet, but then John the Baptist, John the Baptist was a prophet. He was the greatest prophet of the old covenant. Now you would reckon if he's the greatest prophet of the old covenant, we should listen to his message and what he had to say. You know what he said? And if all the prophets, if all of it's about Jesus, you know what he said about Jesus? He didn't say he's going to walk on water. He didn't say he's going to feed the 5,000. He didn't say he's going to cleanse the lepers or raise the dead. He didn't say that. The greatest prophet, the forerunner who wanted to summarize and announce the purpose for Jesus coming, you know what he did say? He said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. That's a big deal going to take away the sin of the whole world then you know what he said in three gospels you know what he said he will baptize you in the holy spirit and fire right there the greatest prophet summarized the ministry of jesus jesus ministry is not complete he's not fulfilled everything unless the sin of the whole world is taken away and dealt with and he baptizes you in the holy ghost and fire that's why pentecost is a big deal i mean we celebrate easter we celebrate his birth and all those things but Jesus' ministry was not fully realized if we didn't get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, fire. I'm feeling good right now. You feeling good back there? I'm, I'm, I'm not sitting in a chair and trying to interact with somebody, but I'm interacting with you. Can I get an amen? Whoa, oh, that was good. Did you feel that? I felt that. That was good right there. That's John the Baptist. So all these things, all these things had to happen. And us being saturated, the body of Christ being animated and made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit, that is the culmination of the ministry of Jesus. And if the body of Christ doesn't realize that, it's incomplete. It's not done. So baptizo, the word baptizo, it means to submerge, to immerse, to pickle, to saturate, causing a permanent change. It's not a dip. It's not like a little dip in and dip out. It is where you get dropped in there. You get saturated. When you put a pickle inside the vinegar and the brine, the nature changes. It's still a pickle, but it is saturated. Its very nature has changed. It's taken on a different identity. It's taken on the identity of what it's been submerged in. And the Holy Ghost, you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Three baptisms. You got to know this. You got to know that there's the Spirit baptizes the believer 
in the body of Christ. So the Spirit baptizes a believer in the body of Christ. Second one, a disciple is baptizing a believer in water. So you see the different baptizer, the different substance, same believer. But the third one is Jesus is the baptizer, and he baptizes the believer in the Holy Spirit. So there's three different baptisms. Some people think, no, no, there's not another experience. There's not something beyond just being born again. That What those Pentecostals are talking about is just you getting baptized into the body of Christ. Rubbish. You just have to be grammatically correct to figure this out. It's not complicated. There is not a full, complete initiation of a believer unless number three. Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And the greatest prophet of the old covenant said that is the purpose of his ministry. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have you been saturated? Have you let the nature and the power of the Spirit of God himself so animate you and so overtake in your life? that not, not are you a believer not not i did enough to going to heaven not about that he wants to get heaven in you he wants to get the full expression and manifestation of his life in you and this is pentecost sunday can i get an amen amen, amen. i don't think kennard knows he's on the video you reading your bible he's reading his bible that's what he's doing. He's reading his Bible. All right, good stuff right there. Let's go. Come on. Priority of Jesus. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend scriptures. Now imagine that Bible study. I mean, I'm talking with people having a Bible study. I don't understand, Pastor. Well, here's what Jesus did. He opened their minds to understand scripture. How many would have liked to have been at that Bible study? I mean, holy moly. You would think if my mind was open to fully understand scripture, you would think somebody who had that happen to them could go to a conference now and could teach on all the books of the Bible and be so eloquent, so brilliant. But Jesus said, that's all good. But he said, that's not enough. He said, you got to wait. He said, behold. He said, I send you the promise of the Father, the blessing of the Father upon you. But he said, tarry, wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. So you can understand all revelation scripture, but if you don't got power from on high, Jesus ain't releasing you into ministry. And that's what he said. He didn't say the first word of a Bible-believing, um, Holy Ghost-flooded church, the first command is not go. The first command is wait. Because before you go do a thing, you got to make sure that you are whacked in the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen from the back row? Does everybody know what whacked means? It means whacked. That's what it means. It means whacked. Acts 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, and he commanded them. Jesus, these are Jesus' last words. How many think last words are a little bit important? They are. His last words. He said, do not. He commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he will send, which you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be, there it is again, fourth time in scripture, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Uh, here's Jesus, like a, a good preacher, starts with his main point, and then he finishes by saying, here's what I really wanted to say. Here's the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Here's what Jesus himself says about this last words of ministry. Great preacher, he summarizes everything. Wait, because the whole purpose is you. I'm going to go now. Everything necessary for you to be in union and to be, be brought in, sins dealt with. I mean, brokenness dealt with. Everything, a new heart, a new spirit. Everything is ready for you to be a living, breathing, walking container of the Holy Ghost. It's all ready. So he said, wait, because that's going to happen. You shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. But listen, that was the only time you had to wait. If you look in the book of Acts, everybody else who got baptized in the Holy Ghost, they didn't wait. The Holy Ghost, boom, he came. But they waited, they waited because it was day 40, and they had to go to day 50 for Pentecost. But they went, they worshiped, they 
prayed and they waited for the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost came. So Jesus comes back to those words of John the Baptist. The ultimate manifestation of Jesus' completed ministry is his blood bought, baptized in the Holy Ghost, body of believers, filling the earth with his glory and with his goodness. I'll leave that screen there for a second because that's, that's good stuff right there. Did you get it? Did you write it? Take a picture. Okay, good. Boom. The practice of the early church. Now we see the ministry of John the Baptist, the forerunner. We see the prophetic words about Jesus. But what was the practice of the early church? I mean, were they into these three aspects? Were these things important to them? So it says, then Simon himself also believed. Now this is Philip. He went to Samaria. They had a persecution. They got dispersed out of Jerusalem. He goes to Samaria and starts a revival. A, a guy who was a sorcerer. He was a, a wizard. He was a, a worked in diabolical arts. This guy saw the ministry of Philip. He accepted. says he became a believer. Say believed. And look at this, and it says, and he was baptized, and he continued with Philip, and he was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Now, when the apostles were at Jerusalem, they heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So what do we got there? We got a group of people who saw signs and wonders, heard the message of the kingdom, and what did they do? They believed. So they believe, right? Number one, when you believe, the Spirit baptizes you in the body of Christ. Number one, they became believers. Number two, it says they were baptized. What were they baptized in? They were baptized in water. And they became followers, so they were baptized in water. Number two, but look what it says. It says, they, when they came, they went down because, look what it says. He went that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as of yet, it hadn't fallen on any of them. So what are we talking about? We're talking about their believers. We're talking about they're baptized in water, but they were not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? I'm not messing with you. I mean, the, the apostles were, wow, this is good. So the apostles then went. He says, we got to be sure. Why do we got to be sure? Because they knew the most important purpose of Jesus' ministry was what? To get the church baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. We got to finish the job. We got to finish it because the Holy Ghost hadn't fallen on any of them yet. So then... They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then he laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. What's that all about? It's about the baptism in the Holy Ghost. That's what it's about. Acts chapter 10. Here they are preaching at Cornelius' house. Here's Peter. And it says, The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered. Here's what he said. Can anyone forbid water? Should they not be baptized, those who have received the Holy Spirit? What do we see? We hear a group of people who wanted to hear the message. They heard it, and their hearts were moved, and they believed. And the Holy Spirit, you see, there's no, no you know, uh, tradition of uh, how it uh, goes. You know what I mean? Uh, one, two, three. Because this one, they went one, three, two. Because boom, they believed. Bam, the Holy Ghost said, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to hug them. I'm going to embrace them. I'm going to fall on them. Holy Spirit baptized them. Then Peter says, well, we better get them baptized in water now because they got the other two already. But you got to get the third one. I mean, it's all there in the practice of the church. You see that these three baptisms were essential. He said they received the Spirit. How? They received it just as we have. What's he saying? What's he referring to just as we have? They're referring to the upper room. When the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost, they're referring to the upper room. And boom, the Holy Spirit came and tongues of fire on every single one of them. So that was good. Just, just send in a little note right now. Twitter, tweet, text, uh, add a little something at the bottom of the page. Tell me if you think the worship team's giving me enough amens. 
All right, just you right on there. You just tell me, come on, guys, come on. Okay, all right. Acts 19, we're still, they're practice. What were they doing? Acts 19, too. Paul goes preaching, and he goes up to Ephesus. He finds a group of people that he thought were believers. He thought they were believers. Because, you know, they had some of the language. They had some of the stuff down. So he's hanging out with them, and he thought they were believers. But all of a sudden, he went, why did he have to ask this? Because there's something missing. And he says, look, guys, listen. He says, have you guys received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So he's like, well, what baptism do you guys have? We're, well, we, we were baptized by John in John the Baptist baptism, expecting a Messiah, expecting someone to come. So he goes, hey, he's here. Jesus came. And so, boom, right there it says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and... This is good because you look all over the book of Acts. This happens a lot when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. They spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Spoke in tongues and they prophesied. That's a big, big deal. So that's the practice of the early church. They believed that you need not just be a believer, not just be a water-baptized believer, but you're not fully initiated if you don't got a baptism and an immersing and a smearing of the Holy Ghost. Do you got a smearing? Talk to your neighbor. Say, are you smeared? Are you pickled? Are you saturated in the Holy Ghost and fire? Go ahead. Go ahead. Got to ask him. Come on, get ready. Powerful outpouring. Acts 1.8. Jesus said, but you shall receive power. What are you going to receive? Power. What are you going to receive? Power. You're going to receive power. You're going to get power. You're going to get dunamis. You're going to get power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Boom. Semicolon. I did a little bit of grammar. I'm still not real good at it. But that literally means end of thought. Done. My thought is complete. So what are you going to get when the Holy Spirit comes? Well, you're going to get to be witnesses. No. You're going to get power. What is that power going to do? It's going to manifest you being a witness, literally martos, laying down your life. But what do you get when the Holy Ghost comes? You get power. What kind of power? Dunamis power, inherent power, explosive power, like TNT dynamite power. You can look right now, you can, go to, you can go to Bible study tools, go into the Greek lexicon, and you can pull up dunamis. And I'm telling you, you do that, and here's what it says. It's going to tell you that what is the power? It's the power to produce miracles, morality, money, multiplication, and movement. I mean, that's right there in Strong's number, Greek number 1411, which is dunamis. It's going to cause you, it's going to empower you to manifest all the good promises and things that God has for you. Got some tools here. You ready? Now, I need, a, I need somebody to help me out. Who can help me out? Can you help me out, George? Well, actually, I probably, probably need my wife. Is my wife around anywhere? George can still help me, but I'll get Cheryl to come help me. We got to move this uh, piece of wood over here. Fantastic. That's good. There, that's good. See, I got, I got this right here. You still with me, Roger? Fantastic. Look at this. I got a tool, right? I got a tool. This is dangerous to me with a tool, but, but this is a screwdriver, and I can, I can screw this in here like this. Look at me go. Whew. Look at me go. Whee! Look at that. Wow. That's kind of annoying. Let me, uh, give me this one here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Boom. I'm not tired at all. Thank you very much. You have no idea how much of a miracle that was. Thank you very much. Well, I'm not tired at all. Look at that. Woo! I could do that all day. I could do that all day because I got power. It's nothing changed. It's still me, a blood-bought child of God. But you know what changed? Man, I tell you, I got power. I got a greater impact. I can do way more, express way more. Because, you know, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you're going to get power. You know what I mean? Power. 
power. This is one of my favorite tools. It's called the Fat Max. Fat Max, it really is. Watch this. Sorry to the janitor. But <laughs> Cheryl, can you come hold this microphone for me? I need two hands for this one. I'll be your Vanna baby. <laughs> this is scary. Is that a battery? <laughs> oh my gosh. Should have checked that out. <laughs> oh my gosh. You got to Oh, he's got a pa another power pack. Let's try this all over again. Edit. Here we go. Oh, it's pretty sad too. <laughs> go, go, you can do it, you can do it. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was well done. Thank you. <laughs> just let me, just, you know. You've worked up a sweat. Quiet, there's no sweat in the glory. <laughs> Just goes to show you got to make sure you're charged up. You know what I mean? But I'm telling you, folks, that's, that's boom. You can, you can be a believer, and you can get through life, you know, just manual on manual. Or you can get the supercharged life. You know, make sure your batteries are charged all the time. Isn't that right? Don't just get baptized in the Holy Ghost once, although you only get to get baptized once. But you know what? There was infillings. There are more fillings. They got filled again, filled again. So you got to stay filled in the Holy Ghost. Can I get an Amen. So I'm no more a believer and no more in union with the Godhead, but I passionately embrace his invitation to get his super on my natural. He got to get his super on the natural. Luke 9, 1. Then they called the 12 disciples together and gave him power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. They already, they had already, now listen, this is way back in Luke chapter 9. So this is way before Pentecost. So way before Pentecost, the disciples were casting out demons and healing people and doing miracles. Right? So doing the miracles part and all that stuff, that, that wasn't really new to them. So getting the power of the Holy Ghost is more than just doing a few miracles and casting out some devils. Because you apparently could do that just with the authority of Jesus' name and stuff like that. So, I mean, they had already witnessed that. So what is the difference? Matthew 26, 74, that Peter, same Peter, cast out devils, did miracles before in the name of Jesus. Now here he is, he's, he, Jesus is arrested and he's, he's put on trial. And a, a couple of people come up, two of them were just servant girls. They come and say, hey, you were one of his followers. Where? And he goes, I bleep what he bleep what he was not. I bleep what he was not. I mean, here's a guy who had been used for miracles and doing all kinds of things. But, but when, when it came challenged to stand up, I mean, there's no courage there. There's no boldness there. there, was, there was no, he was confused. He was messed up. And he said, I don't know. I don't know. Acts chapter 2, though, Peter, after he's baptized in the Holy Ghost, he said, therefore, Jesus, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he poured out that which now you see and hear. Peter saying, look, what just happened, what you saw, what you now see and hear, it has been poured out. And he talked about the promise of the Holy Spirit. You got to see it and hear it, don't you? You got to see, there's got to be like a show and tell. 
Got to have some show and tell. Then Peter, here he is. He gets arrested for healing the guy at the gate. Beautiful. He said, silver and gold have I none, but I'm packing something. I got some stuff. Get up and walk. Boom. He's loosing the kingdom now everywhere he goes. But he gets arrested for that. And they bring Peter in and they brought Peter and John in and they said, these guys are ignorant guys. That word in, in the Greek, it's idiotus. That's the word. He says, these guys are idiots. We know these guys are idiots. But look at them. It says, but we know they've been with Jesus. And you know what? I don't mind that because you know what? Apart from him, I can't do anything. But you know what? The Holy Ghost, he make you look like a genius. But you know, the same guy who ran away from servant girls, the same guy who, who, even though he'd been used, he'd seen the power, he'd seen the miracles that he participated in. He's like, ah, you know, boom. I don't even know the guy. But now here he is just several weeks later, several weeks later, full of the Holy Ghost. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, and he confronted them, and he straight up said, let it be known to you and to all people of Israel and that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified we did this by the name of Jesus those same people that crucified Jesus who had that kind of authority and power now Peter's not running away he's standing there face saying you killed Jesus but in his name we are here manifesting his kingdom because he is still very much alive and they're manifesting the kingdom powerful continuous ministry to release the kingdom of God so John 3 37 to 39 are you ready? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Can I say drink? Drink. Now, what do you do when you drink? You take something and you receive it. You take it in. You drink. And that's what God used. That's what the Holy Spirit used. That's what Scripture says. You're in a drinking relationship with God. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, the Scripture said, like Ezekiel said it, Jeremiah said it, it said when you get into that relationship with God and the Spirit of God is upon you, the kingdom's going to flow out of you. It said in Isaiah, it says, arise and shine, for the glory has come and the kingdom of God is gushing forth from within you. Gushing forth from within you. So this is it. So drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, his heart, out of his heart will flow rivers, not river, not, not a single experience, but out of his heart's going to go rivers of living water. Because, but this he spoke concerning the spirit. Jesus got excited. He was a little ahead of time. He was a little ahead of the game. But they're celebrating this feast of the waters being poured out of the temple. He couldn't take it anymore. He jumped up and he said, this is all about me. It's me. It's not about this religious system and institution. I am the one. Come and drink of me. And out of your belly is going to rush rivers of living water. But those he spoke concerning, this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given. But the word drink is pino and pino is to drink figuratively but to receive and to be refreshed, to be strengthened and to be nourished. John 7 37 let him come to me and drink. You got to drink. It's active. It's not like Okay, if he wants to do something through me, go ahead. You got to drink. You got to participate. You got to actively lay hold of what you're receiving. I know it sounds a bit odd. I got to be active in receiving because receiving seems to be a passive thing, but you're active in your receiving of the fullness of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, baptized. And by the baptism, we are united together in one body, but we are also all made to drink of the one Spirit. Then one of my favorite verses, Ephesians 5, 18, in the message, it says, don't drink too much wine that'll cheapen your life but drink the spirit of god 
Take in the Spirit of God. And I love what he says, huge drafts of him. Take in huge drafts of the Holy Spirit. NLT says, instead, be let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Let it happen. See, it's passive in the fact that you're receiving it, but it's active in the fact that you're laying hold of it with everything in you. The Amplified says, but be ever filled, ever. Not, not once in a blue moon, but ever. That baptism, that baptism of Spirit, let it be current in your life right now. Let it wrap you up right now. Be current and be filled and stimulated with the Holy Ghost. So personally, you got to receive and you got to release. I got bigger notes uh, on the website that you can go look at, but I'm just going to summarize those right now because you got to personally, say personally, Thank you. Oh my goodness. Wowzer, did I feel like you got to personally? I mean, you got to do I can't do it for George. George got to do it. I can't do it for Sherry. Sherry got to do it. You got to personally. It's offered to you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is to everyone, and He wants you all sat, but you got to personally, you got to drink. You got to embrace that. You got to stay and remain in that drinking relationship. And listen, it's going to, we've got some scriptures to go with it, but just summarize these points. The ways you release the Spirit is you're going to release Spirit with worship. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're worship going to go off the chart. I'm telling you. You can tell the difference. I mean, Paul, when he, when he went, he showed up with those folks at Ephesus. He went to one church service with them, and he thought they were a group of believers. But I think he saw the way they were worshiping. I think they saw the way they were living their lives. I think he saw the way he goes, you know, I'm going to get a bit of a head scratcher here, but people who receive Jesus and are baptized in the Holy Ghost, there's a lot more going on than this. He's going like, what's going on here? He says, you guys received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Uh, didn't even hear about the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people today don't think the Holy Spirit's a big deal. Holy Spirit is a big deal. The Bible says don't live one moment without being saturated in stimulus. It's going to affect your worship. It's going to affect your witness. It's going to affect your ministry. As you minister, whatever ministry it is, whatever you're called to do, the Holy Spirit will make you look like a genius in whatever aspect of life you're called to. He'll make you look like a brilliant carpenter. He'll make you look like a brilliant lawyer. He'll make you look like a brilliant everything because you got the Holy Ghost on you. Wisdom from above flowing out of you. He's going to bless you with the gifts. We talked about the gifts last week. They are charismata. They're free gifts flowing out of your belly. Not a couple, but rivers. Not every once in a blue moon, but rivers. Rivers of intercession. You're going to know how to pray right. You're going to know even in this crisis we're in right now, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you get a revelation of how to pray for these things. And you start praying the very will of God, and we can transform these things. And we're baptized in the Holy Ghost. It changes your whole prayer life. There's rivers of strength, rivers of power, rivers of ability, rivers of fruitfulness. We talked about that. You know, it's not now you're a believer, better behave yourself. Now that you're a believer, here's the way you got. You got to be kind. You got to be loving. You got to be patient. You know, you don't got to. You get to because it's the Spirit of God in you. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, your nature shifts. You take on the nature of what you've been baptized in and the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of Carl, not the fruit of Fred, not the fruit of Bob, not the fruit of George, not the fruit of Justin, but the fruit of the Spirit. And when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, he takes over. You know, bang, that stuff starts to flow in your life. Amen? I always said if I needed more patience, Lord, I'd have been a dentist patience dentist but i don't have to try to be patient because it's his patience i am patient it's so good rivers of revelation rivers of revelation jesus also comes and there's rivers of joy and rivers of peace amen i am in a drinking relationship with jesus i'm in a drinking relationship with jesus listen there really are three initiations three aspects to a fully initiated believer you can say, oh, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure about that, Pabst. Well, I'm telling you straight up, it's not optional. 
I mean, it's something where we're commanded to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. It really is. I'm saddened that some people think, well, you can take it or leave it. I really wouldn't. And we're not trying to say, hey, we're an exclusive group over here. We're more special than anybody else. It's not even about that. It's about the fact that the Holy Spirit was given to us. And Jesus' whole ministry was to get us baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why not just fully receive that and embrace that right now? So listen, it's real simple. Because Jesus is the baptizer, and I know he wants to do it. And he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is you've got to receive it. And when you receive it, it's not just some little personal experience for yourself. It's something where the Holy Spirit is going to baptize you, saturate you, and empower you. And you're going to release great manifestations of his power and purpose in your life. Hallelujah. So I want you to do that right now. Just say with me, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fire. I receive you right now, Holy Spirit. Flood my life. Saturate me. Pickle me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, man, I, I, I want to climb through the screen. I want to hug you. I want to lay hands on you. I want you to get this. This is so, so, so important. Trying to do church without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, you can do some stuff. It's like me trying to saw that wood. Yeah, some stuff's getting done. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that he wants to place in his church. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's going to get the job done. So bless you guys. We're praying for you. We're going to go to the after show. And there you're going to see places where you can connect with us. You can go to prayer rooms and you can just get more and more ministry. So please, if you've been touched or impacted by this, or you want to accept Jesus as your Savior, you can just make that prayer and you can get those things done. So I'm going to send you back over to Zach and Kelly and they're going to do the after service and give you some direction. All right. So God bless you guys. Bless you in Jesus name. Amen.